programmes for this evening on BBC One. At half past 6.20, Colin Firth is your host for Famous People Called Colin. Joining Colin to discuss what it's like to be a Colin in the 21st century are Colin Farrell, Colin Baker, Colin Montgomery, Colin Blunston, Colin Kaepernick and a whole host of other Colins too Colinish to mention. Colin Powell. It's Colin Powell, so he doesn't count. In Casualty at 8.17 and a half, things get nasty when a vengeful vegan takes a violent vegetarian's eye out with a stick of celery. At 4 to 9, or possibly 9 to 4, Dermot O'Leary is back with Couldn't They Get Someone Else? An in-depth look at why no one else was available. Then at 25 or 6 to 4, Dermot O'Leary is back again with I'm Presenting This as well. An in-depth look at why he's presenting this as well. At 10 in And Then It Was 10, Matt Baker, or someone else if he's busy, realises that it's just turned 10 o'clock and looks back at the last 60 minutes with someone who went viral last week with a vaguely amusing anecdote on Graham Norton. And to round off the evening at 11.11, Colin Firth's History of 11.11 takes a look at some of the seismic events that have occurred at 11 minutes past 11 in the evening, from the invention of lager and lime to the death of Rudyard Kipling's mother-in-law, Ethel, who was widely known for very little. That's all coming up later tonight on BBC One. Not that you'd bother watching anything as a result of a promo like this nowadays. What with electronic programme guides and catch-up services and whatnot. It's a gas! It's the John Dredge Nothing To Do With Anything show. And here's the man without whom the programme would just be called the Nothing To Do With Anything show, John Dredge. Thank you, thank you. Yes, you can't argue with that. Hello, and in this week's cavalcade of carefully crafted comedic concepts and captivatingly uh, conclusive uh, things, Boris Karloff inflates a domestic duck using an industry-standard bicycle pump. That's a chilling thought. That's a chilling thought. That's a chilling thought. Brian Adams gets trapped in a lift with the pipes and drums of the Royal Highland Fusiliers and a Siberian tiger to unpleasant effect. And virtuoso pianist Lang Lang's musical skills are really put to the test when he accepts our challenge to play Chopin's Etude in G-sharp minor, Opus 25, number 6, inside a barrel going over Niagara Falls.
We'll also be discussing the history of psychedelic music from Donovan. First there is a mountain, then there is no mountain, then there is. First there is a mountain, then there is no mountain, then there is. To the crazy world of the Reverend Ian Paisley. I haven't got armies. I haven't got money. I haven't got establishments. But I have God. Hammer! 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 Do you like an ice cream? And that's not all. Actually, it is. Oh, apparently that is all, according to my much-in-demand producer. Yeah, get a move on, John. I'm opening a branch of Bee Jam after this, and I'm already cutting it fine. Bee Jam? I've not seen one of those on the high street since the 80s. Yeah, well, that's how late I am. In just a moment, we'll be looking at some animals in their natural habitats. A cat from Catford, a bat from Batley, and several stoats from Stoat Pogis. But first, can you identify this piece of music? You can? Great. Perhaps you could let me know what it is, as I'd like to buy a copy for my mother-in-law. I say my mother-in-law, it's actually Rudyard Kipling's mother-in-law, Ethel, widely known for very little. Anyway, now it's time for our most popular feature about the Leighton Buzzard area, what's on in Gokayama. No, uh, sorry, Leighton Buzzard. Sorry, sorry about that. On Monday, the National Anti-Doing Things in Leighton Buzzard Cooperative will not be holding a sit-in at the Leighton Buzzard Sit-In Centre. Refreshments won't be provided, so don't bother going. After the success of last year's Remembering Leonard Cohen event, Tuesday sees the Leighton Buzzard Music Society holding a Forgetting Ed Sheeran event in the Village Hall. Everyone will be encouraged to try and block the singer-songwriter from their memory using tried and trusted brainwashing techniques, along with less reliable but nevertheless welcome mind control experiments. Refreshments will be provided by the CIA. You try keeping them away. On Wednesday, or as you time savers might have it in your diaries, WEDS, it's the annual convention of the Leighton Buzzard Rice Paper Appreciation Society. Attendance expectations were somewhat overambitious last year when they held it at Wembley Stadium. So this year's event is being held in an airing cupboard at the Hockey Club. Not only will a fascinating array of rice paper be on display, but there will also be a screening of the classic spy film Rice Station Zebra on an edible screen. Tickets are still available, so if you'd like to attend, call Rudyard Kipling's mother-in-law Ethel on 01632 960 now. I'll repeat that, now. 
On Thursday night, the green, or as it's more commonly known, the dried up patch of grass by the rubbish tip, plays host to a special firework display. The firework in question being a Roman candle. Hopefully, unlike last year, somebody from the organising committee will remember to buy a box of matches from the corner shop before it shuts. And finally, a reminder from Bedfordshire County Council that due to local government cutbacks, Friday night will be replaced by Monday morning until further notice. Hope that doesn't spoil your weekend. long now, Jimmy. Are we there yet? I'm just trying to find somewhere to park. I've been driving around for hours and there are no spaces anywhere. Mummy, you've gone all echoey. It's just an advertising device to make my inner monologue more distinct, Jimmy. I don't want to be in an advert. <laughs> oh no, now Jimmy's in tears. Stop doing that. Look, Jimmy, you're going to have to get used to appearing as the annoying snotty-nosed kid in adverts now that your father's losing out on voiceover work to people half his age. And it's Johnny, not Jimmy. This is unbearable. Nowhere to park. I'm getting one of my headaches. And now I've forgotten the name of my only son. Whatever should I do? You need the new Junko Inflatable Car Park. Yes, the Junko Inflatable Car Park comes with easy action hand pump, detachable parking ramps and a simple entry and exit system, complete with ticketing and barriers. So, pull over to the side of the road, Mum, and get that car park inflated. The Jonko Inflatable Car Park can be set up anywhere and comes with seven levels of multi-storey car comfort. Wow! Once you own the Jonko Inflatable Car Park, you'll never have to pay for a parking space again. What's more, you can make a healthy second income by charging others to park. Room for one more? Absolutely! That'll be £15 an hour, please. At this rate, we'll soon pay off the instalments on the goldfish. Hooray! Excuse me, madam. Do you have planning permission for this car park? Ah, good afternoon, officer. Uh... No, it doesn't look like that came with it in the box. Then I'm afraid you can't park your car park here. It'll have to come down. Parking nightmares for good with the Jonko Inflatable Car Park. Convenient and lucrative car parking for you and your irritating kids. I'm not irritating. Be quiet, Jimmy. Johnny! Whatever. Planning permission not included. Height restrictions apply. Not suitable for hammers, transit vans or lorries. Car park must be securely fastened while in use and not be used as a bouncy castle. All income is taxable. Registration for VAT may be required. Deflating might make a sort of a wee noise rather than a... And all vehicles must be off-site before deflating commences. Now he tells me... Hello, Sue. Having problems with stubborn stains? Yes. Just look at my husband's vest and pants. Ugh. After a particularly gruelling house move, they're absolutely caked in soot, oil, tar, smut, loam, crud, whale droppings, silage, volcanic ash and peat. Why? 
Why can't I get them whiter than whiter than white? You can, Sue, with the nothing-to-do-with-anything show flamethrower. Just one short burst of this easy-to-handle and inexpensive incendiary device delivers instant effective results time and time again, even over distances of 25 feet. There's not a single fibre it can't incinerate. Here, have a go for yourself. Wow, it's amazing! These smalls are charred beyond belief. No more laundry-related tedium for me. Oh, hello, darling. Nice day at the office. Yes, thank you, darling. Darling, where are your eyebrows? And who are you? And why are you alone with my wife in our kitchen? Yeah, the nothing-to-do-with-anything show flamethrower removes the toughest of stains, along with your eyebrows. What did you say? And who put this long player on the stereogram? You're listening to the Nothing To Do With Anything show. But what does the man in the street think of it? Generally speaking, I can't hear it over all this traffic! Speaking as the man in a much quieter street, I think it's all... Sorry. Speaking as the third man in the street, I'd say it's probably the best program in the world. But then, I've been drinking Carlsberg all week. Speaking of the man in the avenue, I don't qualify. I'd like to know why the opinions of the woman in the street never seem to count. I mean, we're routinely ignored and regularly patronised. Sometimes we're even cut off mid-sentence by... It gives me great pleasure to be with you once again on this most auspicious of occasions. Yes, it's the first in an all-new, completely rebooted series of The World of Twig Harper. With me, Twig Harper, presenter of The World of Twig Harper, which is presented under exclusive licence solely by me, Twig Harper. That is to say, Twig Harper. Vis-à-vis Twig Harper. And our first caller on the now cleverly renamed New World of Twig Harper is online one. Hello? Twig, it's your old friend Norris. Morris? I know nobody of that nomenclature, nor of that name. But I was your co-presenter for several years. I don't recall... We used to live together, but you threw me out. Uh... I then became incredibly successful while your career hit the skids. <laughs> Sounds like a star is born, but far less interesting. You then came crawling back to me, claiming to be impoverished and hungry. Uh, literally no recollection of this. And after I helped you out, you threw me out again. <laughs> Norris! Yes, it's me. What do you want? Just wondered how things were going. Fine without you, Norris. So if you don't mind, clear off. I also wanted to talk about pork pies. Pork pies? Back on the air. There are more pressing issues than pork pies, Norris. Like what? Uh, well, uh, um, that's not the point. So why don't you just crawl back into your hole and discuss it with the other whole people while we adults talk about the important stuff, eh? I've moved on from savoury meat and pastry products, Norris. I've other fish to fry. Interesting than fish. And you're off the air. 
Dearest listeners, I must apologise for that unseemly interruption. However, I cannot deny that pork pies do seem to be a major part of the news agenda in these desolate times, and, I have to agree, are far more interesting than fish. So if there's anything you'd like to get off your chest in that particular respect, call me now. Line two, you're through to the world of... Ah, uh, uh, sorry. The new world of Twig Harper. Hello, Twig. It's first time call of Boris from Pollock Shields here. And what would you like to say about pork pies, Boris? Absolutely nothing. Well, what was the point of phoning up, then? It's not Boris. It's Norris. Norris! What the... Oh, right, that's it. Never phone me again, Norris, do you understand? I have interesting people with interesting things to say queuing up. Like, uh, Doris, on line three. Hello, Doris. Hello, Twig. And what would you like to say about pork pies? I've just taken two dozen out of the oven. How splendid. And what are you going to do with them? I'm going to let them cool down and then share them with a friend. What a kind and generous soul you are. Yes, and his name is... Yes? Oh, I do not believe this. I told you never, ever, 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 ever to phone me again. Oh, Twig. Don't you? Oh, Twig. Me, Norris. Leave me alone. Um, moving to line four, we've got Don O'Gall from Donegal. Ah, oh, there you are, sir. Sure as the day is long, it's Grunt speaking with you, so it is. Lovely to hear from you too, Don. There surely are a whole lot of pork pies here on the northwest coast of Ireland. Enough to go round, eh, Don? Oh, I don't really know about that, sir. That's all the little fella told me to say. What little fella? It's Norris again! What? You underhanded little swine, Norris. I thought I made it perfectly clear a moment ago. You are never, ever, 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 ever to phone me again. Get lost! Right. Line five. Anna from Bristol. Hi, Twig. I hear you're looking for opinions on pork pies. Uh, the more controversial, the better, Anna. Well, try this for size. I like the jelly. I like the jelly. Now, this is interesting. What do you mean by jelly, exactly? The jelly between the pork and the pastry. You know, the jelly between the pork and the pastry. I use it. A cheap alternative to window butting. I do what? Is that you again, Norris? Surprise! How many times must I tell you? Never, ever, 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 ever call me again. Where's my money, Norris? You said if I talked to your man, you'd give me a fiver. Am I making myself clear, spatula brain? Never, ever, 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 ever call me again, you. You, 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 you... You! And I mean that most sincerely. Now then, line six is... Well, this simply cannot be. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very honoured to say that on line six right now, taking time out from his official duties, is none other than His Royal Highness the Prince of Charles. Welcome, your Charlieship. Well, I'm, I'm genuinely speechless. So what do you take in the pork pie, then? Well, one is rather partial to a Melton Mowbray. The combination of handmade crust and uncured pork is somewhat... Twig! Twiggy boy! 
Norris! I'm with Prince Charles! What in God's name do you think you're doing, Norris? I told you to never, ever, 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 etc. And now you're interrupting the country's longest suffering heir to the throne on my show? Oh... Oh, I'll never live this down. I might as well quit. No, don't try and stop me. Anyone want to try and stop me? No? Not even a little bit? Oh, well then, please yourself. I'm off. And a warm welcome to the even newer world of Norris. Coming to you live from Buckingham Palace, which is sort of like Butlins, but with more antiques. Line one, you're through to Norris. Hello, Norris. It's Twig Harper. I want to talk about pork pies. Twig! Get out of my life, Norris. Get out of my head. Get out of my dreams and into my car. No, no, that's not right. Well, what I mean is, get off the line and let me get on with my show. All right, Twig, you win. Welcome back. So, you're through to Twig Harper on the new world of Twig Harper. Twig, it's Norris! Norris! I'm warning you for the last time. Never, ever, ever. Oh, no, no, this is clearly a waste of time. I quit. Welcome back to World of Norris. Who's online too? I'm Twig Harper, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Bob! The new world of Twig Harper. Who's that? Norris! Damn you, Norris. Will you get off the line? No. Well, if you won't, I will. World of Norris. Who's that on the line? Twig Harper. And that, dear listener, is how radio personality Twig Harper and his estranged acquaintance Norris ended up in an infinite loop. Just for the record, I'm not that bothered about pork pies. I much prefer a steak. I've got a new book, if you're interested, called The Science of Steaks. It's out now, but don't worry, it'll be back later. Coming to you from our London studio, this is the Great All British Live Show. Where have all the good times gone? We present Whatever Happened to the Lighthouse Family. Episode 1 Comebacks Unbecoming. Bob? Bob? Bob, where are you? I'm sitting on the sofa next to you, Terry, reading the advert I put in Melody Maker for a new drummer. We don't need a new drummer. I'm afraid we do, Terry. The last one had far too much personality and I had to let him go. What'd you go and do a thing like that for? We'll be the same without him. Ah, granted, you'll never find a more forgettable musician than, um... uh... (laughs) We had some good times with old... uh... What's his name, though, didn't we? Oh, why? Recording oh. demos in the studios and up west to argue with lawyers, promoters and managers and still I'll change out a half a crown. What have you put in this advertisement, then? Band with no individuality requires drummer with no character whatsoever. Must like the Lighthouse family. That's a bit unfair, Bob. Nobody likes the Lighthouse family. I don't even like the Lighthouse family. And I'm in the Lighthouse family. <laughs> 
Who could that be at this particularly bland hour of the day? Every hour of the day is bland with us, Terry. I'm here for the drumming vacancy, yeah? Oh, come in, come in. I'm Bob, and this is Terry, and you are... A drummer? What's your name? Is this part of the audition? No. Oh, well, in that case, it's Frank Cheevis. Well, Frank, what we'd like to do is ask you a couple of questions first to get an idea as to your overall suitability for the group. You see, we're planning to tour our first album in 18 years. 18 years? Why'd it take that long? Writer's block and singer's block. Essentially, a lot of blocks. Oh, I don't know. The album's not that bad, Terry. Now, first up, Frank, could you tell us the best way of reaching our instruments if we ever found ourselves booked to perform on a very high stage? Um, well, you could be lifted. Yeah, good answer. Uh, The top answer was a hydraulic platform. Your second and final question is, and remember, this is for the car commercial, why do you want to be the new drummer with the Lighthouse family? I have absolutely no interest in music. Oh, he sounds like the right man for the job, Terry. What do you think? Have you got any drums on you, Frank? Oh, only this flagship Premier Golden Sparkle (laughs) kit, originally owned by Keith Moon. Out of the shoe. No, is that all? Well, I suppose it'll do. Let me just run through our set. And now let's rehearse our song. One, two, one, two, three, four. There, Frank. Whoa, hold it, hold it. That's far too energetic, Frank. We're looking for more of a listless torpor. Exactly. Why be frenetic when we could be listless? And there'll be more from the Lighthouse family next week, although it'll sound exactly the same. Well, it seems we've reached the end of another Nothing To Do With Anything show, which was written and performed by John Dredge with the producer Richard Cray and featured Oscar-losing performances from Paul Creasy, Max Dowler, Miles Eady, Greg Haste, James Shakeshaft and Katie Slater. Technical assistance was provided by Jeremy Ray and a lemon meringue pie. And so, as the sun sinks slowly in the east... West. West, thank you, Richard. I see that the old clock on the floor... The clock on the wall has beaten us once before. Again. You want me to say it again? No! Make your mind up. As the saying goes, if you've enjoyed the show twice as much as we have... Half as much. If you've enjoyed it half as much as we have, then we've enjoyed it four times as much... Twice. We've enjoyed it eight times as much as you. And so, from all of them there... All of us here. And all of us here, we bid you so short... So long. See you earlier. Later. And until last time... Next. A very bad morning to you. Good night to you. You off then? Odd fox.